Welcome to the Diving Pod. I am Aaron Rooney, St. Cloud State alum diver and host of the Diving Pod. And I'm Ben Moldoff. And I'm Dylan Reed. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Make sure you use the Linktree account, the Diving Pod Instagram, or go through the website divingpod.com. Uh, Sideline Scout is the best in the business, full side live, all that good stuff. Um, we just recently got it into our dryland center. Um, those of you that are worried about trying to get it set up, they send you step-by-step instructions that you can make sure everything gets set up nice and easy. Second uh, one. Oh, sorry, sorry, Ben. Check out Diving 101. Um, it's episode two on the podcast. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with diving numbers, um, all the terminology, it's it's great. Um, helps everyone learn nice and quick. All right, the second uh, sponsor, the last one, Crossbar. They were nice enough to set Heath and Aaron up with a website. Heath expressed uh, in some of the other podcasts how awesome uh, they've been to work with, do the easy customer service, user-friendly interface, and all that good stuff. Um, so you can find that at thedivingpod.com. Um, there are some interesting up uh, articles up there written by your very own Mr. Rooney and some other people. Um, the articles um, are pretty interesting, worth your time. Um, and use some data to back up some of the claims made. So that makes it a little bit more enjoyable um, and gives a little bit more information. All right. Um, just kind of explaining what we're doing here. Um, so they've been awesome enough to be interviewing people um, throughout the diving world. Um, and uh, Dylan and I decided it was about time that we give them their moment in the spotlight. Um, oh, yeah. Let them talk about themselves a little bit and give them kind of the, the same treatment that they've been giving us. Um, so we'll jump right into these questions. You ready, Aaron? Sweet. Yeah. Makes me nervous, but here we go, man. All right. We'll jump right into them. Um, so the first one is just a real quick book, movie, TV show recommendation. I mean, before I get into that, uh, I know there's some, uh, some bets out there on how many cherry Cokes I'm going to be drinking. So decided to switch it up with Mountain Dew. Keep them guessing. Mountain Dew is better anyway. So, all right. And, and setting the record straight, it is pronounced soda. It is not pop. I'm from Minnesota. Everybody calls it pop here. We are all wrong. All right. <clears throat> so book recommendation is, I'm going to go with The Obstacle is the Way. It's by Ryan Holiday. Uh, it talks a little bit about like stoicism and what it means and gets, you know, pretty deep into some like old school philosophy type of things. Um, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I was going through kind of a tricky time in life. I was engaged previously to somebody else and it didn't work out. And that was the book that was recommended to me by a friend who the same thing happened. And it just kind of like helped me reframe like my emotions and how to deal with them. I'm a pretty emotional guy. I would say more so than kind of your average male. Uh, if I'm going to like categorize male, female, I kind of have the emotions more. I'm, I'm, I'm more volatile, I would say. Um, which can be a good thing, obviously in the positive light, but it can definitely be a negative thing uh, if, if that's the side we decide to dwell on. Um, so that book just kind of helped me, I guess, regulate my emotions and think about it more of just try to be more even keel. Uh, movie recommendation, my number one of all time is Top Gun Maverick. I think they did a phenomenal job. Like I love Top Gun. And then the fact that Top Gun Maverick, like I was nervous they were going to overdo it. I was nervous they were going to, you know, make um, too many references to the, the first movie and it was just going to be corny and cheesy and like legitimately the best movie I've ever seen of all time. Um, a close second place, I got to go with Caddyshack, probably not for the younger viewers to be watching that, but uh, that one's epic. And then TV show, <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot. You can, you can do the greatest hits. Like I do love Outer Banks. I love, um, let's see. We're going through Suits right now. It's pretty good. When I was a kid, I used to absolutely love Rocket Power. Uh, I'm dating myself that's a little bit. A, that's but a classic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah the, like, that was super good when I was a kid. Um, and I don't know. I've watched a couple back. Like, they hold up, but they're still pretty cheesy. But, um, yeah, I Yellowstone is is probably number one. I mean, I, I love everything about that show. You told me to watch that, and I swear I heard it like six times within like two days after you mentioned it. Yeah, it's legit. So, so uh, Rooney, I'm still on here for our listeners. So, Rooney, we do have to tell them that you actually didn't watch Top Gun Raverick until it came out 
on yeah. DVD and I made I you watch it in Moss Farm. She's like, this is stupid. It can't be that good. And Listen. then he started watching it halfway through and he goes, this is amazing. Listen, I was, I was embarrassed to go to the movies by myself because I didn't have anybody to go with. And so I just like decided, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going by myself. And since then, I've gone to so many movies alone, and it is the only way to go. It's the absolute best. I don't let, I don't want anybody to tell you otherwise. Movies by yourself is the greatest thing you can do. Take yourself on a date. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a couple more rapid fire questions. Favorite food, favorite music, and a fun fact or something that uh, many people might not know about you. Dude, you guys gotta laugh back. I'm sitting over here like trying to yeah, trying to did. be funny, and I'm just not. I think it's really cute to take yourselves on dates. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There we go. All right, favorite food. That's a tricky one. Every like birthday, I always ask and and like go out to dinner, and I get like king crab legs. That's my favorite, but I would never eat that every day. Like it's there's no that's a special kind of thing. Um, I do love burgers. I do love steak. If I were to pick one meal, like they're to shut out this restaurant here in my hometown. Um, they do a really good like elk burger. Elk is probably my favorite meat of all time. And they just do a really good elk burger. I could eat that every single day. So I guess if I had to pick one, that would be it. Music. I really like EDM. Uh, I'm kind of a psycho when it comes to like upbeat, positive craziness. And that music just kind of matches I've also gotten a lot more into country recently just because they tell really good stories. Um, so, you know, Luke Combs is probably my favorite in that genre. Fun fact that some may not know. I'm going to go with, I have been to nationals in three different sports. And those are diving, obviously. And then um, I was also, I started as a snowboarder. I went to nationals two years there and then for curling as well. Tell us you're from Minnesota without telling us you're from Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the snowboarding is kind of weird in Minnesota. It's, it's relatively flat. I mean, there's a lot of snow, but not a lot of mountains, but my aunt lives out in big sky, Montana, and we used to go twice a year and it was amazing. All right. And then with those, you kind of already touched on it, but you got a uh, rate from least favorite to most favorite snowboarding, golf, curling, and guitar hero. Some of your favorite. <laughs> albums, yeah. Yeah. The guitar hero thing is, is funny. I, I just, I didn't have a lot of like friends in high school to be super <laughs> transparent. Like imagine that some nerd that loves diving. And so like, instead of doing the typical high school, like Friday night parties or whatever they did, I just like, got really good at guitar hero and um i still play from time to time i could still rock expert level but nowhere near the level i was previously i'm gonna probably put that one fourth though um and then you just broke it out for the first time in a while yeah 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 i, I wanted to like start a new career again and then i realized it's just a <laughs> massive time commitment like i don't have that kind of time <laughs> but it is fun um, too busy taking yourself to the movies for guitar here. That's exactly <laughs> right. I almost took myself to the movies last night, but um, I refrained. What movie? I, I really want to see um, Anyone But You. It's got Glenn Powell. He's in Top Gun Maverick. And then um, Sydney Sweeney. I don't know. I don't know what she's in, but it looks hilarious. It's a romantic comedy. Yeah. So feel free to completely trash me after that. I, I'm, I, I want to see it. <laughs> um but yeah when it comes to i don't know i mean so snowboarding golfing curling i have to rank one two three it's tough i'd probably hmm i'd probably go i'd probably go golfing number one i do absolutely love it uh it's a massive challenge and a headache but it's super fun honestly i think i would go snowboarding second with like a big asterisk like I am no longer interested in snowboarding like in the Midwest where the hills aren't very big. So if it's snowboarding in Montana, then it's absolutely second. But, you know, I can't go out to Montana every year anymore. So I would put curling because of the lack of snowboarding resources just ahead of it. But like I said, if you're going out to Montana, I mean, snowboarding's so much fun. All right. Kind of uh, taking it back to diving away from curling and snowboarding um take us through your diving journey up until uh graduation um and then what made you stay close to home and what you studied in college 
Sure. So I, as I mentioned before, I started on the snowboard hill and that was like my first passion. And, um, when I was in seventh grade, excuse me, my neighbor, um, was big into like swim club, like United States swimming USS is what they always called it. And I would jump off the docks with the neighbors and like, we'd put an inner tube on the end of the dock and I would do like a front double into the water. And the dad one day was like, man, have you ever thought about diving? And in my head is like, absolutely not. It's not going to happen. No way. I just love snowboarding way too much. And then, you know, my dad and I kind of sat down and he's like, you know, you're probably not going to get a scholarship or be able to go to college for snowboarding. So maybe this diving thing, just give it a try. And, um, first day I loved it and it was a, a challenge and I like a challenge. So, you know, I came back the next day, rose up in, you know, within my high school, I was, it was pretty quick to become one of the better divers on the team. Um, and then, yeah, I just continued to get better and wanted more. So each summer I would uh, train with Tracy Torgerson. She, um, was at, uh, area high school about an hour away and she was probably the best coach that I had known at the time. And then, you know, each summer spending time with her just kind of grew my love for the sport. And then, you know, as I got into junior and senior year, I started putting up some bigger numbers in terms of like diving scores and, and starting to get looked at by colleges. A lot of them were division three in our Minnesota area. Obviously the Gophers was like a huge dream, but there, you know, looking back, I think it was a dream more than a, a realistic goal. Like I just wasn't even close to that caliber of diver. I, I worked really hard, but you know, being six one, the DAC is stacked against you a little bit on your height. And, you know, my flexibility is okay, but it's not great. And, you know, all of those things I could have worked on to be better, but I knew I was never going to be a, a top tier D one diver, but you know, schools like green Bay schools, like South Dakota, they were definitely interested, but um, I ultimately just ended up deciding on St. Cloud state because of the coach and the coach, so Tracy Torgerson, as I mentioned earlier, she was a high school coach for a, a great while when I was going through, and then she ended up becoming the coach at St. Cloud State. So when she got that job, it was like, oh man, like, am I going to want to compete against Tracy or for Tracy? And, uh, you know, I had a couple of high school meets that were tremendously overscored. I'll be the first to say it, first to admit it. Um, and I, I think I called her after it was... I posted like a 336 and it was, I think I rescored the meet at like 285. So it's, it, it wasn't even close. Um, but I called her and I was like, yeah, I'm so excited. Like, can I come on the team? And, you know, I had to walk on, which was humbling, but I also knew I was definitely the fourth out of the four guys that we had there. We had a pretty stacked team. Heath can attest to that. Um, so yeah, I ended up going to St. Cloud state. And I loved every moment of it. It was a blast. I was challenged again, more and more, whether it was inside the pool and, you know, even with injuries uh, in the classroom as well, challenged um, just to kind of wrap it all up. I did study business finance and got my finance degree at St. Cloud state. And um, yeah, just all good things. Nothing, nothing negative to say about my time at St. Cloud state. I, I wish it would have lasted a little longer. Like I'm sure everybody would wish their college experience did, but I learned a lot about myself, about my teammates, but just about people in general. Um, and yeah, it was, it was an absolute blast. All right, Rooney, I have a question for you just cause I was talking to my athletes about this um, literally yesterday. What would you be willing to give up to go back and do those four years again with the same people. Ooh. Oh man. <clears throat> I'd probably, Ooh, that's a good question. I'd probably give up. That'd be tough because. Would you my... give up playing around golf ever again? No. Oh. <laughs> no. I would... Very different I was... college experiences then. Honestly, what I, honestly, what <laughs> yeah, I was agreed. Saying, agreed. Like my fiance, Bailey, also went to St. Cloud State, but she was four years don't after say, me. So I never um, don't don't say her. Careful, be real careful. <laughs> what? I said don't say give up Bailey to do it again. No, oh my gosh, no, no, no. So what I was saying is she wasn't there at the same time I was. So what? But my my idea was like I would give up a year of my life to relive those four. But at the same time, like she wasn't there. So I'm not so sure I would, I would give up one year 
just to go back and relive those four. So maybe, I don't know, maybe a couple months. I'd, I'd give up a couple months of my current life to go back for those four, but then I'd want to resume right where we're at now because right now is awesome. Smart, smart man. <laughs> That's pretty valid. Someone wants to wake up tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you kind of touched on it a little bit um, earlier in your other answer, but um, you were previously engaged a while back and things may have not worked out, but kind of as you touched on just now too, you're kind of living the dream at the moment. Um, but tell us a little bit about that and how that's uh, affected your life journey and kind of like where you are now and what's that taught? What? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that, I mean, it was definitely a, a pivotal point in my life. Um, you know, you think you find the person that you want to be with, you, you know, you ask the question, they say, yes, you start planning, you know, that aspect of your life. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, you know, that they, they're not on the same page anymore. And, um, it was like, like heartbreaking. I mean, anybody would agree with that, but it just taught me a, a ton of different things. So I just really looked at my life because there was about a three month period where I was like super low, super down, um, you know, probably depressed if that's what you want to call, you know, that, but like I said, about three months of just moping, moping around, not knowing what to do, where to go, who to talk to anything really. And, um, once that three months was up, I just kind of looked in the mirror and was like, all right, I want to be like happy again. Like, what do I need to do? And so I just, you do what you make, you do what makes you happy. So I started playing a lot more golf again. Um, what, what ended up happening was, so I, I majored in finance. I, I was a financial advisor for a year. You know, I got my series seven, my series 66. I was a registered financial advisor. And um, what I realized is like the job was not a good fit. Um, making cold calls. And, you know, I always felt like I was kind of bothering people to like gain their trust and gain their business. And that part of the job, I just absolutely despised. Like, there was nothing enjoyable about creating the work for myself. But, you know, when I was sitting across from the table from, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Whoever, helping them, you know, guide their way through their financials and, and you know, plan for the future, plan for kids, plan for college, whatever it was. Like, I love that. That was so much fun for me. But creating that work was just so the exact opposite. I mentioned I was pretty emotional earlier. Like I had those roller coaster highs where I was like, man, this is the greatest job I've ever had in my life. And then also like days where I just was so sick and tired of getting that rejection that I didn't even want to wake up in the morning. There were some really, really bad days. So um, I ended up, you know, I guess quitting my job and then um, working now with my dad. And that was seen in that old relationship as, you know, giving up and a failure. And that person on the other end just didn't want to be with somebody who was going to give up. And, you know, it fair, or not fair. The, the real reason it was just not working from a job perspective is it just wasn't enjoyable, you know, and I wanted a, I wanted a job that I was going to be happy. And so after that, I, again, I just kind of took a look in the mirror, what do, what makes you happy. And so I started playing some more golf again and meeting people that way. I started curling and that was a, a nice avenue. Um, I actually started coaching. So right out of high or right out of college, I was not the diving coach. And then, um, you know, during that transition time, that's when I became the coach. And so I just started doing things I loved all the time. And eventually, like I have a full plate of things that I just love to do. And, you know, it, it did take a little while, but I ended up becoming really, really happy. And then, um, you know, other decisions that happened down the road, I ended up buying a house. You know, I, I stayed at my parents' house for a year after college. I just said, you know, let me, let me stay here for almost nothing and do everything I can to pay off my student debt. That was very important to me. Obviously, as a finance major, uh, I really wanted to get my student loan debt gone so that I could start the rest of my life. And once that was done and gone, I bought myself a house. Um, couple of years down the road after that, I bought it. I got a, I got a boat and then, you know, I, I live on the lake, which is super fun. Uh, so I enjoy the water. I enjoy boating. I enjoy water skiing. Um, and then, you know, a couple of years after that, I bought a dog and, uh, he was probably one of the greatest things that I could have done. Um, you know, as you are continuing to do things you enjoy all the time, like I was also going out a lot more than 
I would say is myself. And so I would go out, I would hang with people. I would drink probably more than I should have. And then, you know, each, each weekend is a recovery Sunday and it's like, okay, I got to end this. So that was actually a big reason of why I got my dog. His name's Bucky. He's absolutely crazy. He's a German short hair pointer. He's five years old now. Um, but he like kept me home. He like gave me a reason to care for something. And like, that wasn't myself. And, um, I think I needed that at that moment in my life. I was, I, like I said, I was kind of carrying on too much partying, maybe wait, maybe too much. And, um, I, when you do that, you slowly, but surely make worse and worse decisions. <laughs> and, uh, I think my dog kept me from making those poor decisions. So he's, he's tough right now. I'll be honest. Like he's got a ton of energy and he's pretty needy, but at the time it was a super, super smart decision and I don't regret it at all. But uh, now I have a five-year-old crazy dog. That's like, man, sometimes I just want you to lay down and, and do nothing. That's <laughs> and that's not, that, that's not who he is. Um, but yeah, I got to a point where I think I read, I read a question online when I was re- right in the middle of this, this whole like life kind of transformation thing. And it, it said, which B do you want, do you, do people know you when you walk in the bar or the bank? And I was like, man, I, I don't want to be a guy that is known at the bar. And so I, and everybody now knows me at the bank, which is absolutely hilarious to me. Cause I'm kind of living that, uh, in its truest form, you know, doing what makes you happy, but also just making better decisions kind of for your longevity of life. I also just think just a comment for you, Rooney is, and I might have the timeline a little off is you and I did not really talk a ton. Like I would not say we were best of friends during that first engagement. And then I don't know when that fell in, but like after you, after that got called off, like you and I became super close. That's when you started coming out for weddings with us and and just like, and so like, I don't know. I think it's pretty interesting how, how things really do happen for a reason. And I'm very, I mean, I'm not happy that you had to go through that, but I'm grateful that that ended up, I mean, honestly, they gave me like one of my best friends, if not the best friend in the world. So, Oh yeah, for sure. I wouldn't be here now if that didn't happen. So as painful and horrible as it was, like it was the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. Yeah. All right. So now, now you got to talk about Bailey. How'd you guys meet? (laughs) Yeah. So um, the joke's been floating around that I was that guy who just couldn't let go of college, uh, which is, you know, partially not true. Um, But uh, partially. partially. So about two to three years after I had graduated, um, I was still kind of going to St. Cloud here and there. It's, it's only about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes away from where I live now. And I would help the team out a little bit, whether it was coaching, um, like help, very, very part-time help, like on super, super small amount of things. Um, but they, also, they always have like a team bonding kind of weekend. And um, one of the years, the, the head coach asked me to come down and just be an extra body, right, to wrangle the kids and just tell them where to go and what to do and, you know, make sure they're having a good time. And, um, this was about two years after the, the previous relationship. And one of my best friends, Heath knows him, Hanos, um, Hanos was like, man, you, uh, you, you love God. Right. And I said, yeah, I, I, I definitely do. And he's like, I think, I think I have somebody in mind that you guys might really hit it off. And he's like this, this girl on the team, her name is Bailey. She's really cool. She's really great. She gets along with everybody. Um, she's pretty faithful. And I was like, man, Sounds like a 10 out of 10. So one of the years I went back for uh, that team bonding event, I just kind of like made extra note of like who she was because I'd never met her before. And so we're playing dodgeball and I'm not kidding. I was playing obviously. And this girl had an absolute cannon. I mean, the only one on the team that was like, whoa, she's actually athletic. Cause we all know like swimmers are not, swimmers are not athletes, especially like on land. And so she's just gunning people down. I'm like, dang, okay. Like, like that's a box check. Like I love me a good athlete. Like, let's go. And then, um, then we ended up playing like lightning and I'm a good shooter, but I suck at basketball. So lightning is like my game. Wait, what's lightning? explain, but you don't know what lightning is. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you're at the free throw or the, you're at the three point line. You have two basketballs. It's a different name. Yeah. It's a different name. Okay. 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 Yeah, it's knockout. called knockout, Rooney, not okay. lightning. <laughs> All right. Wow. There's another Minnesota, Minnesota thing. Wow. Okay. Um, 
And um, so it got it got down to just us two. I mean, there was a line of 30 people and it got down to just us two. She freaking beat me. And I was pissed about that. But also I was like, dang, like that's the kind of girl that you want. Like, you know, if you if, if you're with a girl and eventually you're going to have a family, like, don't you want those kids to be athletic? Because I do. And I was like, <laughs> immediately, like, let's go. This is great. And then, um, you know, we ended up going out. Uh, I don't know if it was that night or whatever, but we just hit it off and everything ended up falling into place and it worked out. And yeah, that's here we are today getting engaged and uh, we're going to be married on July 26th. All right. Terrible choice of uh, wedding dates, by the way, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I know. Making Junior, life difficult. Is, Junior Nationals is like the day after. Oh, it's going to be rough. Uh, so let's bring it back more on topic. Um, so what do you love most about coaching? Coaching? Um, like, what is your why? Why do you do it? Uh, I just like inspiring people to, I guess, opening people's eyes to, to love the same sport that I do. Um, you know, what's my why? I just, I want to make sure that the kids in this area have more resources and availability to really high level coaching than I did. You know, when I, when I went through my coach, she did a great job, but she, I think she'd be the first to admit, you know, she, um, she did her best with what she had. She was a gymnastics coach converted into a diving coach because they just didn't have anybody else. Um, so seeing the kids kind of click and they come out of the water and they have a smile on their face and then they're frustrated if they don't do something right or they're you know they're celebrating when they do make a correction even if the dive isn't very good if they're making the correction it's good I just I enjoy seeing them have success and you know when they're putting in the work and they're doing every single thing they can to get better they're going to apply that to everything else in life I just had a young lady uh, she took third at the state meet which was exciting and awesome but um, she wasn't planning on diving in college. And then, you know, this senior year kind of changed her mind and she wanted to dive in college, which, you know, I was obviously excited about. That's kind of cool that, you know, you inspired an athlete to, you know, love it as much as you did and, and pursue it after, you know, the high school world. But more importantly than that, she just texted me a couple of days ago and, and said she got into the pre like, nursing program that only 15 of the administered kids get into and so she just it was super exciting and I know she's taken a lot of the diving lessons with her um beyond the sport so just if it, it makes me feel good that you know kind of leading a good example and just inspiring people to do more yeah I mean those those like little moments of watching how excited that kids can get those are like pretty awesome um, for sure so still on topic of coaching what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses as a coach I would say probably the biggest strength is honestly my energy level like I think the coach's energy dictates so much more than can be described um whether it's learning a new dive and you know feeling confident so that the divers feel confident or you know, a cutthroat competition is coming up here. Let me help you prepare for that by doing whatever, whether it's, you know, saying, Hey, this person in front of you just hit the dive for 50 points. How are you going to respond? Or the exact opposite. Hey, the, your biggest competitor, he just missed and you have a really good dive. You know, what are you going to do with that opportunity? So I would say just, you know, my energy and that could potentially go against me as well. I do not do very well when I'm tired. And I know that. Um, I go to bed super early. I wake up super early, but when I get tired, my energy levels drop very, very fast. I mean, you could definitely, um, relate it to being hangry. It's, it's, it's not great. And I get a little grouchy, but, um, you know, when I'm at my best, I think my energy that, that I bring to the practice, it just is infectious. And I've noticed that not only with coaching, but just other things too, you know, my dad has mentioned that before as well in, um, in the business setting that, you know, my energy is just contagious. So that's a good, I think a good part, um, weaknesses, I would say, you know, I'm still working on my technical ability. Um, there are definitely people out there that are better, but the podcast has helped me get better. Um, I would say probably the biggest weakness, if you want to call it, that is my competitiveness. Um, 
I would say it is detrimental more times than not because I absolutely hate losing and losing is part of everything. Uh, you need to learn how to lose. And it took me a long time to learn how to lose. I'm still not great at it, but I am a lot better at internalizing how I'm feeling versus outbursts because that used to happen a lot. I actually think Heath can attest to this because even fantasy football, man, I just used to freak out and I'm a lot better now. Uh, used to, you freaked out two weeks ago. No, that's not true. Like, that's not like true. he, he's a lot better. If like, we mean like 14 <laughs> days better. Yes. Like he's like a recovering <laughs> addict when it comes to freaking out about fan days last freak out. Like he lost. So championship semis, he lost three weeks ago, two weeks ago. He texts me, goes, if I would have played you, I would have won. This is a bunch of crap. So yeah, I did say all, that. So he's re- in recovery, mm-hmm. in recovery. Look, I know the fantasy group chat is a safe space and I can say and voice whatever I need to. But uh, when it comes to coaching diving, like I just I, I I'm here to help everybody and I will help everybody. But if I'm being like super transparent, if you know, there's a there's this young man um, down in the Twin Cities. He's a fantastic diver. He and, and, and my boy are probably going to duel it out for the state championship. I'm not going to give him any of our playbook. Like that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from is like, I'm, I'm really going to be rooting for my kid to beat him. I would never root for somebody else to fail, but I'm, we're going for it and we I want gotta it. Earn it. That's right. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> so coming a little bit uh, further down the line, I guess, uh, what made you want to start the diving podcast? And Heath, if you have any comments on this one, you can add that too. And where do you see it going in the future? Like what's sure. your vibe with the podcast? Yeah. I mean, we just started it again. It, it was one of those things like do the things that you love. And um, I knew there wasn't any diving podcasts out there. I just literally called Heath one day and I was listening to whether it was a golf podcast or a fantasy football podcast. I was like, man, I wish there was a diving one. And I just called him. I said, Hey, you want to start it? And it was as simple as that. Like we both just like sincerely love talking and thinking and communicating diving. And we didn't really like have that out there in our world. And everybody has a podcast these days. We joke about that all the time, but um, yeah, there was just, there was nothing out there and it was just an opportunity to start it and see where it goes. And um, where do we see it going in the future? I'm not really sure. I, our goal is to continue to be a resource. We've said that a few different times, but um, you know, I'd, I'd love it to just continue to grow. I think we're, we're making some moves this year to maybe bring some camps um, across the country and uh, work with different coaches, whether it's, you know, in the Midwest or down South or, you know, on the West coast, whatever, we're just looking to continue to grow our reach and just be a resource on a bigger scale as, uh, as time goes by. And then to follow that up, how has the podcast changed your coaching or even just like you in general? Like you talk to a lot of divers, a lot of coaches, a lot of people that used to be in the diving world and hear a lot of different perspectives. How has that changed kind of your outlook on diving or anything like that? So I, I totally used to think that, I mean, this is, this is a really good question. There's a ton of different avenues I can go. I used to think like the top tier division one was like a, like a club, like an impenetrable club. You're either in it or you're not. And it is so not true. Like everybody within the sport of diving as a whole is so welcoming and like cool and fun. And whether you're a division two athlete, division three athlete or division one, I mean, everybody is cut from the same cloth and it's been cool to like talk to yourself and talk to Ben, obviously, and, um, you know, interact with some of those top tier coaches as well that uh, I shouldn't say top tier because Ben is in that category. I should say like, you know, college, college coaches. Um, so it's just, it's been fun to meet those people, but also how's it changed me and my coaching? I mean, I think I've gotten a lot better in terms of the um, technical ability before when I started coaching, it was like, I know I can do a good and maybe better job than a lot of the other high school coaches around me. That was never an issue. Um, but it was, how do I continue to even get better? And then when we went to the 2028 and beyond camp and we met John Fox and we met Tom Gim and we met, uh, Drew Johansson in person for the first time, it was very clear, like 
these guys do things a little differently even than I do. Um, and we talk about the seven steps of each dive and that like totally transformed my coaching. Um, before it was like, you know, I, I can see what's going on and I can kind of imagine what we need to do to change it. But after really learning those seven steps, when the, when they start, when they stop, what to do at each moment in time, where your hands need to be and, and the positioning, the posture, like all of the things it's like totally changed how I do like everything at the beginning of the season before it was just like, okay, we're going to do board work. I didn't know what I was looking for. Well, now I know every time you push the board or step on the board, your hands need to go through six o'clock on a clock. I didn't, I didn't know that. I mean, there's a bunch of people out there that have approaches that are not that way. And they're really good divers. It's just in my opinion at this point, now knowing that extra piece of knowledge like is wrong. And um, I would say that, that piece, just the seven steps and the knowledge of what each dive takes has just been an, a huge, huge asset um, to kind of pair with that energy level that I possess. Yeah. And also from like a listener perspective, like just the podcast in general, like I've told you and Heath before, like when I started tuning in probably a year ago or something like that, like just in my, like just listening to people talk about their life and just talk about what they're doing and how they're getting through their struggles and like answering these different questions, even just talking about what they do for fun. It gives you like a perspective that's so different, but so like, kind of like you said, the diving community is so like tight. You kind of are able yeah, to same, like, same oh, them as people instead of just athletes or coaches. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, most of this podcast is centered around like division one diving, USA diving, um, the world stage and the Olympic track um, while your world that you coach in is more just that, that high school level. Um, so talk to us a little bit about the current state of high school diving, um, not just in your area, but what you know about the, the diving world and on a national basis and what you think we need to do to improve. Yeah, this is a, a big area, <clears throat> excuse me, for me that I'd like to just like lend my services to in the near future. Um, I've mentioned already that uh, I've coached my last girl season already. And the, the purpose of that and the goal of that is one to free up some time. Yes. But also I would like to be a resource to the high schools in my area. Um, specifically judging, I would say judging is probably the, the area that needs the most amount of, I guess, enlightenment. Um, there's a lot of high school officials that are getting a lot of training. And I love that it's starting with the officials, especially in Minnesota here. That's where our priority is, is let's get the officials educated and on the same page. But where we're missing right now is actually the coaches. Uh, it, again, in my area, the judging is just extremely, extremely high. Um, and what ends up happening is these kids are getting six and a half and sevens on dives all year. And they're, they're scoring near 300 points sometimes, or, you know, 250, whatever it might be. And then they get down to the state meet and on those same exact dives that we're getting six and a half sevens, they're just, they're getting fives. And it, what ends up getting very frustrating for the athletes is now the athletes are kind of in their head. They think they're not very good. Well, that's not true. And then the same thing in the coach's mind, a lot of times they're complaining about how low the scores are. And it's like, man, if we just had somebody in our area, and that's why I'm hoping it can be me and I'll be traveling around and helping anybody out that I can to have that same, or at least closer to similar scoring all year long. Um, just so when those kids get down to the state meet, they're not getting crushed. It plays so much into the mentality of the divers when the scoring is lower than you're used to you're not going to dive your best and it's frustrating for them, but you know, you get three rounds into a meet and usually you're near, you know, 130 points and you're at 90. It's like, man, you're not going to likely dive very well the rest of your meet. Cause you're just so down on yourself. And it, it all comes back to the coaches inflating the scores during the dual meet season. And it happens at every level. I think it happens maybe more egregiously at the high school level than it does other levels. But, you know, we all know there's dual meet scoring and there's championship meet scoring and like it or not, like that's just the facts. And what I would like to do is just kind of educate the coaches like, Hey, I saw you gave that a four. 
how come you gave that a four and talk about it? It's not, I'm not saying a four is the wrong score. I would just like to hear people explain and talk about it. And then, you know, what we're seeing now is there's such a big um, talent gap between some of our top divers in these meets and some of the, the, the newbies. And, you know, we're given the newbies fours, which is great and encouraging. And we love that. But then we're given the top kids six and a half. So it's like, man, there, there just needs to be a bigger gap sometimes. Yeah, they don't want to, don't want to use the whole scale. Like everyone's well, so focused on 10 is perfect. And it's not, it's 10 is excellent. And I mean, it's all high school diving, no one wants to go above a seven because then people like freak out. Yeah. And what's frustrating about it is I think the lower end of the scale needs to be used more. And that's what people are maybe afraid to do because, you know, we want to encourage these new divers. Unfortunately, if it's a, if it's a brand new dive, it might be a two and a half and that's okay. It's deficient. And that is okay. So yeah, just, I'm, I'm looking forward to expanding my role within the state to just make the whole state better. I think there's a lot of states too that because like so for Virginia, I'll give I'll give a short little story. Uh, shout out Greg Duncan. So he was at our state meet. I think his senior year. He so our judges are the same judges that judge at states. Mm. Like a lot of them will judge the dual meets. Um, it's pretty like North, Virginia's or at least for our state meet is pretty much like a Northern Virginia competition. It's ADC versus DDC pretty much every single year. Maybe some MDC kids here and there. But Greg Duncan was doing a 107C on one meter. Had the worst hurdle, like absolute worst, but perfect stand-up, perfect, like probably one of the best 107s I've ever seen in person to this day. And he got like two and a half and threes on it. And all the judges were like, oh, the hurdle was so bad. He didn't hold his arms. Like, And Steph was there watching. And she was pissed because it lost him the state title um, to Connor Casey, a great diver, went to Stanford, ADC. And um, I mean, you might know ADC and DDC have some feud here and there in the past, but uh, like at least in Virginia, they would score so low on such good dives because at least from my perspective, they thought that they knew everything. Like they thought they knew everything so well. So they were like, oh no, like that's not good enough. That's not good enough and stuff like that. So that's pretty interesting. It's like two opposite spectrums almost. Yeah. All right. Um, so right now, or I guess in your past, when you were a diver, who were some of those divers that you looked up to? Who inspired you? Who kind of kept you going, whether they were a diver or not, or maybe a coach or something? And then as a coach now, who's inspiring you at this moment? Sure. So, yeah, I, I would say Tracy Torgerson was definitely that driving force of wanting to be better. I knew she dove at the U of M and uh, Minnesota, I should say. There's a lot of U of M's out there, apparently. Um, but uh, yeah, she just continued to push me and I wanted more, but as far as like divers, like that, I like to watch uh, Michael Hickson kind of towards, I guess the end of my career, but the very beginning, it was Troy Dumay. It was Christian Ibsen. It was, um, I really liked watching Mark Carlton. He has a video on YouTube that I've watched like a thousand times. It's called like Carlton's best eyes or something like that. Um, he was a very pretty diver to watch and somebody that like I, could kind of mimic that wasn't um Troy DeMay like I, I couldn't come close to being as good as Troy ever and so you know I, I enjoyed watching him um Haley Ishimatsu was actually a really a really influential one uh, I got to watch the 2008 I don't know if it was winter nationals or or whatever kind of nationals but it was in Minnesota and I was you know lucky enough to go down and watch for a day and um Haley was in the stands and I just remember that was my first like conversation with a real diver. I was like, Oh my gosh, like you're Haley Ishimatsu. Like you're a big deal. You're unbelievably good. And she like totally dulled the conversation immediately. Like, yeah, I'm just a kid though. And then it just became like two people talking. Like she was one of my best friends. I'm, I wish I was still close with her. I've only had that one conversation with her, but it, again, that was that it made me realize like, even if that person is incredibly talented and good, they, they still love diving just like the rest of us. And there's still people just like the rest of us. So we, it was cool to just strike up a conversation with her in the stands. And, you know, she was absolutely phenomenal. Um, who do I look up most to coaching uh, without any 
shadow of a doubt, I would say John Fox. Um, John, in my eyes, just kind of has the whole package. He has incredible perspective. He has the technical knowledge and he has, you know, that ability to get the divers ready at the right time. You know, I see Carson Tyler doing amazing things and a lot of those Moss Farms kids eventually will go on to have some success, but, uh, you know, super happy for him to be at Auburn. He, to me, is the cream of the crop with, um, in, in coaching. Um, you know, another guy that I would love to have, excuse me, more conversations with is, um, Sean McCarthy. Uh, I think he has an ability to coach that is also just like parallel to John. Um, so yeah, those two guys, I, I really, really love just watching them do what they do with their athletes. Yeah. I mean, John and John and Sean are both awesome. Um, it's kind of hard to dispute that. Um, I was waiting so for you, a Ben Moldoff shout out. Yeah, yeah Ben. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Ben's a, my room and a he. Yeah, Ben, Dylan. I'm not a ben. coach, so I'm. Uh, <laughs> Ben's up there uh, too. No, oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I, dude, I still think it's crazy that we were on a judging panel together. I mean, years ago, and we had no idea no, that no, no, we, no, like, none existed. At all. Yeah, it's like small world. That shows how small the diving world is. Honestly, that's not the craziest thing. The craziest thing is I saw a photo from that meet and Ben wasn't wearing a hat. <laughs> I, I, don't I, I, don't, I, was, I don't think I wore hats at all at that point. I probably had enough hair that I didn't have to cover up my balls. <laughs> that's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so you put a, a bunch of people on the spot with these questions. Um, so you you cannot avoid this question the way that other people were allowed to. Um, so who is your current top ranked diver in the United States? Um, and who is your favorite diver just to watch? Ooh, both great questions. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go female perspective first. Number one diver is, uh, for me, Delaney Schnell. Um, I do love watching Sarah Bacon dive, but I think Delaney, um, kind of takes the, takes the cake there as far as, you know, being well-rounded. I mean, she's, she's very clearly the top 10 meter diver in our country. And then you put her up on three meter. I think she'd be competitive with, you know, Haley Hernandez with, um, Krista Palmer with uh, Allie Gibson. She'd be competitive. I don't know if she would be at the top of that list, but 100% competitive with them. So that would, that Delaney Chanel gets my vote there for sure. Um, on the men's side, I, I'm really actually like struggling with this one a little bit. I still think I would say uh, Carson Tyler, but at the same time, like Josh Hedberg is just a force that has to be reckoned with. I mean, he continues to improve, he continues to beat Carson um international meets on the 10 meter and we know you know as college continues for Carson and eventually Josh like they're going to be well-rounded they're going to do one meter they're going to do three meter they're obviously incredible at tower um I would say it's between those two guys I love Andrew Capabianco but um at this point no longer in the college ranks it's tough for me to put him above those other two guys just because of the, you know, Andrew's probably not doing a whole lot of one meter in competitions anymore. And I know he's not doing any tower. So he's more or less a three meter specialist at this point in time. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with the more well-rounded guys and probably go with Carson at this point, but um, Josh Hedberg's not far behind. And then um, favorite diver to watch. So I was actually, do, I was actually thinking about this question quite a, kind of a lot. I like to watch like drama and excitement and, it might be an unpopular opinion. And, and actually like Heath and I talked about this. I don't know if I was on a different episode or whatever. If I was a coach, that's the exact opposite of what I want. I want consistent and I want, we know what we're going to get as a coach. So from that perspective, my answer is very different, but from the viewing and watching diving perspective, um, honestly, like I know you're on here, Ben, but I'm legitimately thinking Bailey Cranford is probably one of my favorite divers to watch. Lies. She, um, she's, she's put me through the ringer. She, well, it's, it's one of those things, like she has those capabilities to leave you absolutely speechless. Like, wow, I can't believe you did that. That was incredible. That was the best dive I've ever seen. Best dive of the meet, like, whoa, holy cow. But then there's also those, you know, every once in a while missteps where you're like, oh man, every time she is on the platform or the board, like I want to watch, like my eyes are glued to her because I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it has that potential to be incredibly exciting. And to me, that's what I want to watch. Um, on the guy's side, man, ah, 
that's a little bit tougher. I mean, I'd probably say Andrew. I, I really like watching Andrew. Um, I really love watching Jack Ryan. Uh, again, kind of the same reasoning. Uh, I would love to see Jack. I've, I've probably said it way too many times. He's going to definitely be like, bro, you gotta, you gotta cut that out. But, but, uh, but the inwards and, and fronts, like I hold my breath. Cause I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. Sometimes he hits it. And sometimes his head gets just ducked on the very end. And you're like, Oh man, what could have been right. But you know, every one of his backs and gainers is going to be out of this world. So I do love, love, love watching Jack Ryan. Um, Lyle is a dog to watch too. I mean, he's just doing some crazy, crazy things that I enjoy. A little follow-up to that real quick. What's the craziest or like most insane dive you've ever seen in person? Who was it? What was it? In person? Yes. Probably Carson's 207 C last year at NCAAs for straight tens. Well, I guess there was one that was, disagreeing with the straight tens but he kept tens we'll go with that that one was just that was like this showstopper i mean i think the meet was probably between him and bride and hattie and they were they were duking it out like it was legit it was a great meet and you know we're up there and colin zang's in the stands as well and he's he's like this is this is fun this is really really cool to watch and tyler just kind of put the exclamation point on it with that 207 and it was like this is over this is unbelievably cool to watch Another uh, another one though would be Jordan Rozepka's triple in. I think it was Winter was Nationals nice. last year. Yeah, winner. That was the. F- I I don't know the DD on two hundred seven C, but I think. Um, well, regardless, Jordan Jordan's triple in was the first one hundred point dive I've seen in person, and that was sick. Were you guys at Atlanta NCAs? No, dude. I think Jordan had a pretty crappy starts that platform meet but his last i think they were like last two guys is 109 and triple in both went 100 points back to that's back. insane that's it insane crazy yeah he was on a heater there for a while i mean yeah. i hope to see him get back to that but it was he was a dog there for for a good minute oh yeah um all right so the next one is uh so what do you want to be known for when this is all said and done I just, I mean, I guess I just want to be known for making a positive impact on, you know, the diving community in whole. It sounds a little cliche and a little, you know, it is what it is, but that's kind of the truth. Um, I, I definitely want people to know me for my energy as well. I, I like to have high energy and be a positive in that way. Um, I just hope that it's kind of reciprocated whenever I'm either on deck, just hanging out, or if I do happen to be announcing, or if I'm coaching, um, I think you know, being known for just kind of leading that energy is, is fun. It's cool. Awesome. Okay. Last, last question from Ben and I, I did oh some, uh, some asking around and your, your very own Kyler gave me a great question. Oh boy. And said that there's a rumor going around that you might have a tattoo. What's up with the Under Armour tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> Explain, explain what's going on with this Under Armour tattoo. This is not where I expected that. I have no context to this question either. I, all I did was, what's a question I need to ask Aaron? I let him say it and didn't ask anything about it. So, so I... Uh... <laughs> Oh gosh. Is this going to be a reflection on you were partying too much at one point? I, <laughs> well, you, you'll have to, you'll have to wait and see. Um, I, uh, I got a call one night. I was just randomly literally driving to a curling event and I got a call from somebody who was on the St. Cloud state swim team and just absolutely out of nowhere, out of the blue, they were like, Hey, do you have an Under Armour tattoo on your butt? And I was like, wait, what, where did that come from? Where did that rumor start? And I just left him hanging. I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him if it's true <laughs> or false. It's uh, it's very believable. I do love the brand Under Armour. Um, get sponsored? Is, this, is that what this is? But uh, but but that's where <laughs> we're gonna leave. I may have it, and I may not, and uh, nobody's gonna know. So you can you can take that however you would want. Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting that they asked me that question, and I didn't know how to answer it. So here we are. I think we'll leave that one a mystery. We're gonna leave it a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, getting into your guys' signature questions. Um, so, what's your favorite failure? Best opportunity for growth? 
Um, I think I actually already said this on one of the first few podcasts. Um, when I was a, I think it was a sophomore in college, maybe it was freshman year. I really can't remember, but, uh, I was trying my first ever Cody on a trampoline and I didn't know how to do it. And I, you know, I landed on my stomach. I pushed up hard and when I was upside down, rather than just holding onto your tuck, I like reached for the water as if I was, you know, upside down in the water and I totally scorpioned and it was really, really bad. Like right away. I had, I had two herniated discs in my back. They're still there. They don't ever go away. They just kind of stop hurting, I guess. Um, unless you aggravate it more, but that year was horrible. Like I couldn't dive. I, I had already dove in a meet and like, I think the, the red shirt requirement was less than 10% of your competitions. And we only had nine that year. So once you do one meet, like you're sucked and you're done, that you have to compete the rest of the year. And, um, so that was just unfortunate, but I had to work really hard to, to rehab it, to get back. And, you know, that one was a super big learning experience. Like when you're going through an injury, when you're doing what you need to do to get back to the competition, you just suck it up and do what you have to do and it was not fun it was not enjoyable but i ended up making it back for one like i hadn't qualified for nationals either so i made it back for one meet i think it was our conference meet or whatever i ended up qualifying for nationals and then when i was asked it was it was my sophomore year and then when i was at nationals um i actually improved my place from freshman year and i legitimately was diving for maybe two weeks um so that was it was a cool like learning experience of number one, don't do something stupid that you're not ready for. But number two, like work really hard to get where you want to be and things will work out. A nice little cautionary tale. Yeah. Um, so what are you doing to improve, whether that's in your personal life, your coaching life, um, really anywhere? Yeah, I honestly, this podcast has helped so much. It's just opened up avenues and communication lanes to other people that are just simply better than me. I like to surround myself by people that are better than me so I can continue to elevate. Uh, that's probably the thing I'm doing the most is just surrounding myself by people better than myself. Um, and this is, a, I love this question. I think this is funny. Um, what is your spirit animal? I'm pretty sure. I said an eagle with Katie when she was on the podcast and, and at the time it was oh, like, okay. Oh, I just, I just like, I just like eagles. But like the more I think about it, I, I actually enjoy that answer. I really like to get a bird's eye view of everything before I make any like hot takes or, um, <laughs> you know, say my opinions on anything. I really like to have all the information in front of me before I make any decisions. And um, I feel like, you know, eagles are that way. They're just gliding through trying to find what they need as far as, you know, their nourishment. And, um, yeah, I, I think that holds true for me too. That would make, uh, some conversations really easy. Wouldn't it? <laughs> what? Just knowing like every single, like, you mean like just knowing like every single direction you could go with a question and like know the outcome. Yeah, yeah, like I play with that all the time in my head. There, I think that's like called that. anxiety, buddy. Yeah. That's called what? <laughs> I think that's called anxiety. Well, that too. <laughs> all right, what's your favorite drill? Uh, I love like standing, anything, standing fronts, standing reverses, standing twisters, um, and then like a back pop-up lineup drill those are really really beneficial for my athletes too where they're you know you're straight on the board you jump straight with your arms down you kind of flatten out you pick your toes up but your body stays flat and you just do a back dive straight essentially with no arm circle and your arms down while you're on the end of the board um i like those but we've been doing a ton of different standing things uh in practice and it's been really really beneficial like standing 105c for you know 105 seven eventually we haven't done any 107s yet but standing 105c helps for inward takeoff it helps for front takeoff it helps for a lot of different things and then we do like standing front somersault double twist uh that's kind of a new dive for one of my kids and it's been super super helpful just getting that timing right so that when you do take it with a full hurdle it's like 
it just feels easier because you're so much higher and then all you're doing is a lineup. Best advice given or received? You know, my dad used to say, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. And that's kind of stuck with me. We get so comfortable with status quo and we all just kind of avoid failure just by nature. And uh, I would like to think that I do the opposite of that. I kind of seek out opportunities to fail and learn because you learn more from your failing failures. Um, so I'm constantly trying different things. And another quote, he, he holds on to a lot. My, this is my dad. He's, he's the man. Uh, he says, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And again, that's kind of along the same lines as like everybody just gets comfortable doing what they're doing and, you know, trying new things doesn't happen all the time. So, you know, you kind of ask yourself, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And it's a fun little mental exercise to just see if you're progressing uh, with different things. Like going to the movies alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like going to the movies. Dude, I've done that many <laughs> times now. All right. I think I know this answer and I'm really hoping that it should be immediate. Who's your dream interview? Who's my dream interview? It's not immediate. I don't, uh, oh, actually, actually, I know exactly who it would be. I don't think it, I think it would surprise you too. It would be Tiger Woods. Okay. What? Well, no, 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 no. Keep it, keep it diving to diving. My dream Your diving dream interview. interview. It'd be funny to hear Tiger Woods talk about diving. Hmm. I think Tom, I think Tom Daly would be sick to be honest. I think, I uh, Osmar. yeah, Osmar would be legit. Osmar would be cool, but like Tom Daly be sick. Cause he's back, man. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's still freaking got it. I saw him do, I mean, he's always been good at backs and gainers, but I saw him do a back three and a half the other day. I'm like, this guy like is back. Like he never left. He's unbelievable. So that would be a cool one. Um, Dude, I can't wait yeah. to see him duke it out with that 13-year-old from China. Yeah, that's they're I gonna saw... be right up there want like back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be sick. All right. What questions are you guys not asking? Oh boy. Yeah, we always ask the guests this because I can't <laughs> think of anything for this question. Um what's one thing that we didn't ask you that you think we should have? I don't know. I, I I got it. I got it, Rooney. Oh, all right, go ahead. What should we be doing better? What can the podcast do better? Yeah, that's a good. That's one. when I kind of thought, like, where do you think you're missing the mark? That'd be a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's that's kind of all I had. I don't know. I don't. Uh, it's hard to come up with these questions sometimes. Whenever we do, you know, we get our our kind of set list of who's coming on i try to make the outlines as unique as i can but it's really difficult sometimes to think of different unique interesting questions to get people talking so yeah that's all i got the personalities make that tough where it's easy to get someone like you to talk it's hard to get someone like me to talk <laughs> um things like that um but that i mean that pretty much wraps up the, the questions we have for you um Keith, i don't know if you have anything to add all right, so uh, before we go, I get to do Aaron's part, which is kind of weird because I don't really fully follow what he does at the end. But uh, so Instagram <laughs> just, is... <laughs> we just do him out. I kind of just sit there with the mouse hanging over stop recording so that way I get it right whenever. Because <laughs> what happens is Aaron always says, see you next time. And the guest always says, oh, all right. And it's like, I'm trying to cut that part out. So, um, <laughs> But uh, check us out at Instagram, the diving pod, Gmail, the diving pod at gmail.com. But more importantly, Aaron's family is uh, they do embroidery, screen printing. They do a lot of honestly, they do a Actually, lot more stuff than Aaron even mentions. I think Dylan has a great ad read for that. Dylan, you, you sent it Dude, to me on I Snapchat. Sent hit it. Perfect ad today. Okay, well, just then let, do it. Hit it. Re, re say it right now. Oh, God. You got I, don't, it. I, don't, I don't think I should do that. All that. You got Dude, you got Dude, it. All, all I'll say, all, all I'll say is I may have spent a little bit too much money in the past on these sweatshirts, but I can't say it's been too much because I, I wear these sweatshirts constantly. They're super comfy. I had I had my roommate try it on because he was like, Why are you wearing these sweatshirts? Like, why are you spending money on this? And I'm like, dude, these are the most comfortable sweatshirts you've ever, ever worn. I gave it to him. He was immediately like, dude, 
So I think I think he can hear me, but um, I'm gonna buy him one for nice for an ACC's gift. So, That's killer. Yeah, no, they legit like um, I've we've worked with Aaron's family. I've worked with Aaron's family, not even for the diving pod. We ordered our fantasy football trophy through them. And honestly, like, that's all we play for. We play for this fantasy football trophy that is just like so over the top and ridiculous. And when we first got it, it broke. So I called Aaron and I'm like, Rooney, this thing broke. What do I do? He goes, take it off the stand and we'll just send you a new base. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, then the trophy part snapped too. And he goes, and eh, we'll just mail you a new one. Don't even worry about it. They didn't make me pay for anything else. So, like, honestly, Rooney's family is awesome. So go over and you can check out what an online store looks like at divingpod.itemorder.com. And if you enter the code DIVEPOD at checkout, Rooney will pay for your shipping. Um, but besides that, um, we will see you guys next time. And I hope you enjoyed this one. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, Ben.